Welcome to the Ortho Joe Show, a joint production of the Journal of Bone and Joint Surgery and Ortho Evidence. In our world, orthopedic research is king, and current topics from our respective publications are analyzed weekly. Here is Mohit Bandari from Ortho Evidence and Mark Swinkowski from the Journal of Bone and Joint Surgery. Well, hello, hello, Mark. Welcome to another episode of Ortho Joe. I have my trusty cup. I hope you have yours. Uh, very good, very good. This is my second, actually. Uh, so, I, mine, I'm, mine I'm, too. I'm extra hyped. I'm extra hyped for the discussion today. So, I've got I've got a little extra energy, a little more caffeine in me than normal. So, I'm excited. Yeah, I, I have to be a little bit uh, transparent here. I, I really need the second one because, for some reason, the discussion in this part of the world has turned towards the end of summer. Mm. Uh, and the upcoming winter, and it's it's too depressing without a lot of caffeine. So <laughs> yes, 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 yes. The S word is rampant in our in our home. School is not something that uh, we, we talk about. We just we know it's coming next week, but no one wants to talk about it. Our fourteen year old certainly doesn't anyway. Yeah. So the school word in your home and the snow word all around me. That's <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. So today, I think we're going to be chatting on a couple of topics of interest to us. And I thought maybe I'd start off with um, an insight that we ran not too long ago on ortho evidence. This was in the August 19th article, and it is the title of it is, and I'll, I'll kind of walk us through with one slide, Mark, kind of mm -hmm. to get the rationale of why I think this technology is important. It's been around forever, but it's the idea of how can we predict the future with evidence from the past and ultimately how we can use evidence in a way to forecast. And I guess the broader point here that I'd like to make is on average, Mark, when you look at, let's say, a randomized trial that gets published, a you know, high profile trial, how long do you think, in your own experience, it takes for that trial to actually, after publication, get around to all the people in the communities and, mm -hmm. and maybe someday make an impact? Would you say it's weeks, months, years? Yeah, well, there's that very widely quoted article that was published on the use of aspirin in early cardiovascular events. And the, the number there was 18 years to get into widespread community practice. So as I as I look around the orthopedic changes, I think it's a bit faster now. You know, that that yeah. manuscript was published 20 years ago or so. Sure. Um, if you look at things like transexamic acid, that, that really has rapidly been disseminated. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. And, you know, and I think the word rapid is so relative, right? Because, I mean, you know, you could look at 18 years as being quite slow, but, you know, rapid might even be a year, right? Years pretty impressive. But but here's the point. It's a full 12 months at best before yeah. people really start, you know, like before the community. And, you know, we, we had done a study not that long ago, just a, a minor, I'll, I'll digress a little bit here, uh, not that long ago, maybe well, it's long ago, I guess, 10 years, but uh, when we had actually done it and we'd asked people, you know, trauma surgeons to you know, to list some major trauma trials. And it was pretty amazing to me that major investments, like probably about 20 to $30 million of NIH funding and, and industry funding have gone into the conduct of several trials of which the majority of practicing traumatologists knew little about, which gave us the sense that, wow, like, you know, we need to be finding ways in which we can disseminate information. But more importantly, we always focus on the next big trial. But if we don't really understand the evidence behind us, we're really missing out. Because, I mean, so, so here's the point, right? You have a new trial that comes out, which is, you know, in a high-profile uh, journal. JBJS, for example, in our community comes out. We get focused on that trial. 
And very few of us have the ability to go back and look at every single trial on that topic that's been done right. and then say, well, does this trial really change, you know, things from the overall body of evidence? And if this trial is positive, but the body of evidence is negative, it's probably not going to make a big difference to the overall messaging. But we start believing something works or doesn't work based on one trial. So I'm going to show you, I'm going to share a slide if I can. And if you look at this slide here, I think what I'm trying to get at is what we typically do, if you look, let's say at 2013, a paper comes out suggesting that, you know, there might be a trend in favor of uh, treatment A. Now, what a cumulative meta-analysis does is it goes, let's say at 2015 and says, okay, let's take a look at the first study that's been done and then look at the second study that's just been published. And we do a meta-analysis of that to look at the overall cumulative effect. And then when you go to 2017, you don't just look at study three, you look at study one, two, and three in trying to build a forecasting tool. So you could see here that if, if someone was looking at treatment A, you might start, you know, if you just looked at the individual studies, you might be misled possibly. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the trend over time, you can start seeing, my goodness, there's definitely seems to be some sort of trend that begins goes from favoring treatment A all the way through to favoring treatment B. And here's the point, if I stop sharing for a second there, Mark, is that just by being able to be current, like right now in 2022, know the full evidence on a topic at the snap of a finger, so to speak, we can actually predict the future because if we know the answer now, we know on average it will take one to two years before things really come to light. By the time the community you know, starts figuring all these things out through the various channels in which information gets out. So part of this idea of predicting the future has been, we've got to become rapidly able to understand where we are right now. And that in and of itself is new knowledge. Right. Right. So I think one of the things that people are going to question is that uh, obviously as multiple RCTs are done. There are secular trends that are otherwise surrounding the care of the patient that may influence outcomes. How does one discount that concern or how, how is it controlled for? Yeah, that's a great point. And so, I mean, like, let's take another thing where people get really concerned. They say, well, in sports medicine, where innovation is so rapid that, you know, or even in trauma, right? A first generation nail being pulled with several, you know, future yeah. generations. You say, well, what is that? Now, how does that help us? Well, I guess a couple of things, right? If there is a generation of nails overall per time, you can actually see how technology has in fact improved or had no meaningful impact against standard control. So a classic study was the first generation, you know, proximal femoral nails against sliding hip screws. And when you looked at the early studies, it was like, well, they have major problems with refracture. But over time, you started seeing, you know, Really, you know, you see it from 1997, you start seeing changes in, in product design that led to better overall outcomes and fewer major, major fracture or refracture complications. So there are ways in which you can use that information to advance it, to advance your, your theory. But you're right. One of the challenges with any of these sorts of pooled analyses or sequential analyses is always going to be, you know, um, does it make sense? And what is the question we're trying to ask? And so in this particular case, if you're looking at modern daycare of some particular problem, you're right, you would have to then be careful that you don't add in confounders or noise from earlier designs. But I think it does give you an overall impact, right? Like if you yep. look at 
things over time, it just helps us understand where we are. And a single trial, I think, as you and I both know, probably in most cases, and probably the majority of cases, shouldn't be the sole source of all our information. Right. So, uh, Mo, that's uh, something we definitely agree upon uh, on the use of uh, multiple trials leading to the truth and no single trial uh, being the end all be all. But one, one of the things that is concerning, I think, to some individuals is that the whole care of the patient evolves over time. The, the so-called notion of secular trends with the other areas of patient care possibly uh, in, impacting the results of the trial. How, how do you control for that in your mind? Well, I mean, again, there are clinical trials. So within the clinical trial itself, we would assume that if there is a treatment effect with treatment A or B, that it should be if the trial was balanced, you know, adjusting for those same overall quality of care. But if quality of care has improved over time, what we may see is an overall positive effect on survival, an overall you know, decreased effect on reoperation. You know, and as I said, while you and you might even start seeing differences between the two treatments, as we talked about the example of the you know of the nail or the example of let's say rapid rapid innovations that occur often in sports medicine. And, you know, we see, you know, design of implants and uh, things happening very quickly. So I do think there is advantages um, still to using that sort of analysis. But I do think, as your point, it, no one analysis hmm. is the answer. I think we need yep. to triangulate with multiple different sources. You know, randomized trial data is one data, but there's also other kinds of data sets that you have to look at. And you want everything to kind of make sense that, you know, sort of the, the perfect situation is when you've got clinical trial data, you've got trend data also yep. supporting it, you've got a logical reason why that would be happening, you know, if there's yep. things that are changing, and also other data sets from other sources that also seem in many ways to be corroborating what you're seeing in the trial data. Yeah, so the trending of the results of uh, multiple meta-analysis, I think, is a very, very useful uh, concept and, and one that we should all pay attention to in the orthopedic community. So you and I are big proponents of these trials. We've invested lots and lots and lots of hours over our careers towards this, but there are other forms of research that we're interested in, in uh, orthopedic surgery research. And I just uh, picked one type of research, which is a large administrative database research, which uh, we've spoken about on OrthoJo before about the, the hazards with some of the deficiencies of these administrative databases and the misuse of them. But I'm just looking at the uh, most recent edition, the August 17th edition of the journal. And the manuscript that I selected as the lead article uh, is uh, from Sloan Kettering, and it's on uh, bone sarcomas. And uh, the title of the article is Geographic Access to High Volume Care Provides Providers and Survival in Patients with Bone Sarcomas. And it's a nationwide study, which used the National Cancer Database. And what the investigators uh, did was they, they looked at the outcomes data from the National Cancer Database for bone sarcomas, and then used uh, sophisticated data analyses to track where patients were coming from, in other words, their residents, and where they received their care. And... Uh, they looked at a large volume of patients and then uh, dichotomized it to those who traveled greater than or equal to 50 miles than those that were, were less, and then looked at the characteristics of survival from bone sarcoma. And note that patients who traveled more than 50 miles to a high volume facility had a lower risk of mortality with a odds ratio of 0 0.65, 
95% confidence interval of 0.56 to 0.77 than those who travel less than 10 miles to a low volume facility. So it's, it's really the volume versus outcome equation, but based on where the patient lived. And the, the association was evident among patients with all three major histologic subtypes, stage one, two, and four tumors, uh, and for adults. So here's a rather interesting use of a administrative database coupled with uh, publicly available data sources on patients' residences and, and where they traveled to, I think, make a sound point that if you are able to travel to high volume centers, your likelihood of survival and having a good outcome is, is better. So, you know, we've badmouthed administrative data sets for sure because of there's often data that's missing. But in the case like this one, where the essential element is there, survival uh, and tumor type, uh, it can be very, very useful. So different than an RCT for sure, and a totally different oh, methodology. Absolutely. But yeah, still yeah, useful, and, right? Right, and also like you know, like again, just just going over the work and, and yeah, you know, the podcast we just had with you know both of our colleagues from the Mayo Clinic, both Dan Barry and Dave Llewellyn, who yeah. spoke about you know again building and linking data sets. Right, the, the biggest heart heart challenges is that you need groups doing it that are doing it with a you know a real serious mindset to say you know how do we maintain quality and how do we identify objective outcomes and the quality of the outcomes and you know that's always the challenge with with any data set you have but i've always looked at you know at these large data sets as being really really valuable for identifying signals that we wouldn't otherwise right. see in smaller studies and you know while it's while we're seeing this trend now towards randomized trials becoming large quote simple trials and approaching you know what i think we've seen our colleagues in cardio cardiovascular medicine do which yeah. is the ten thousand, even the you know, larger than 10,000 patient trials of 15,000 patient trials for the right question, orthopedic, certainly those are doable, but they're rare. Yeah. So how do you get that information? You know, I think you get it from finding, you know, other sources. And I think this particular study is you know, important that again, in my mind, it, it corroborates other research in the past on volume outcomes research. Right. You know, mm -hmm. A lot of been work I think has been done in trauma as well, as you know, yep. um, and looking at high volume trauma centers and the value associated with high volume trauma centers and yep. individuals, even within our sprint trial, you know, the high volume providers, you know, yep. versus those that were doing maybe a few cases, you know, there's definitely going to be uh, differences also, you know, reality wise in terms of outcomes. But also, I think, you know, just understanding practice patterns and understanding the, you know, and then being able to adjust for those practice patterns in these large studies are really valuable. Because in a randomized trial, really, for the most part, you're trying to balance everything except the one thing you're interested in. But when you look at more of a pragmatic design, you're looking at, okay, what happens in the community under, quote, real world conditions? And then how do we make sense of it. So this type of study really is, I think, helpful in that, and that you can still use sophisticated statistics uh, and come up with meaningful answers. Now, would you be looking to do direct A versus B comparison in, in, in an observational data set? You could, but mm -hmm. you might want to think of a randomized trial here. But this question wasn't that of uh, yeah. one that you'd be asking about comparing two approaches. You were looking at what factors are associated with an outcome. And for a prognostic study, this is you know superbly designed. Yeah, the important word in your your statement there is association, and and yeah. one must really really be careful about ever mentioning the word causation in these large database studies. They're 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 great for identifying associations for perhaps other higher higher level study designs, but 
Appropriately, this is listed as prognostic level three study uh, following our pyramid of evidence, which you and I are big believers in. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, But it is useful information, I think, uh, for a question that probably never would be amenable to a randomized uh, controlled trial design for, for multiple reasons that are obvious. So, Absolutely. Well, great discussion on two different types of uh, research designs. And uh, what are you, what are you off to today? A, a downhill mountain bike or? No, 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 no. I am going to, can you believe it? I'm actually going to sit at a desk mm. and sign some stuff, maybe <laughs> write a few things, get on an email, answer a few meetings and, you know, back on Zoom, Yeah, back on Zoom. Now, yeah. let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. There's going to be invariably a moment today where I'm going to be looking like this, you know, on my thing like this. Yeah. And that look will be in my head. How is it possible that I accepted this invite for this room? <laughs> That's what I'll be doing. And it's going to happen a few times today. Yeah. The yeah. life yeah. of a chairman of a surgery <laughs> department. That's what you're living through, my, my dear saying. friend. How, how is this possible? How are you and I talking right now? That's what I'll be thinking. <laughs> yeah. I'll be smiling. I'll yeah. Be smiling. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I've got, right. I've got my Joe, so I'm ready to go. Awesome. Take care. All Have right. a great. Yeah. Cheers. All right. Take care.